0: Good morning, Steve Dales, Pet World on WGN Radio. One of the questions that I get so often is, do I or don't I get pet insurance? Well, we'll kind of ask a whole lot of questions about pet insurance for you, and then you kind of figure it out on your own. Jenna Carzoli is the Customer Experience Supervisor. I love that title, Jenna. At Figo Pet Insurance, uh, I think we're about to have an experience, correct?
1: Yes, thanks so much for having me, Steve. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, I'm even
0: more excited to talk to you. It's one of those hot issues. And the good news from your perspective is a survey just came out, just hot off the press. More people during the pandemic. You'd think the opposite, maybe. But more people, maybe it's because more people, we have more pets in America than ever before. And so many people adopted during the pandemic. So At that course in time, from about 2020 through 2021, when this survey went through, pet insurance is at an all-time high. Uh, You've you've seen those numbers, I assume, and are celebrating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, here at FIGO, we believe that no pet parent should ever have to choose between the life and health of their pet and their financial well-being. And having so many people home all day with the pandemic, you know, they definitely were looking to get that furry friend to spend some time with, um, and so yeah, we we absolutely did see um, you know a lot of people purchasing policies for their new um, adopted pets during you know the height of that pandemic for sure.
0: I've been doing these interviews for you know years and years and years, and when I first started talking about pet insurance for years and years, people said a pet insur- pet what that people greatly did not know the pet insurance existed, but today I believe. Increasingly, most pet parents know that it exists, but may not know exactly what it is, what it covers, and overall, it's gotten confusing because FIGO Pet Insurance is now in a very crowded field. I remember, uh, no way you will know what I'm talking about. A gentleman, I can't even believe I'm, rem- but he deserves credit, Dr. Jack Stevens. And I don't even remember the name of the initial company. It turned. It transformed into Pets Best Insurance, I think, or something like that. But he was the guy, a veterinarian, who said, "Let's insure our pets." And it was for the exact reason that you mentioned—to avoid economic euthanasia, euthanizing an animal only because you could no longer afford to treat. But if you could, that animal would live. You know. So he said, "We have to stop this," and he created the notion of pet insurance. It was one person that came up with that idea. And obviously it was within my lifetime, but it was a few decades ago today because pet insurance does so very well, for example, in Europe. Uh, Most people have pet insurance in many countries. However, in the United States, it's just now beginning to catch on. So let me back up a step or two or three. What does pet insurance generally cover?
1: Yeah, you know, Steve, I think that's a great question. We've definitely see a ton of growth here in the U.S. over the last you know, five years. I know for sure with pet insurance just growing and expanding, um, and how important it's definitely become. I mean, we get right health insurance and life insurance for ourselves. Doesn't it make sense to get pet insurance for one of our most important family members, our pets? Right. Um, and so, here at Figo, we focus our coverage on new accidents, illnesses, and injuries. Right. So things you can't expect, like a near infection, allergies, or even. Overnight hospitalization because your pet decided to eat a sack overnight. Those different things can be covered under our policy. Um, Figo's policies are also super customizable. What that means is that you can choose from three different annual benefit limits. You can choose from four different reimbursement percentages, four different deductibles, and three separate add-ons so that not only can you choose the best plan for your pet, but you can also stay within that you know monthly budget as well.
0: So I go to my doctor Uh, And my doctor, if I need something done, says, you can't. You can't have that ultrasound because the insurance company says you don't need it. Or you can't have that PET scan because the insurance company says, that's too much money. Or you just had one six months ago, even though I, the doctor, am recommending it. We all know the limitations, boy, do we, of our human health insurance. None of this Talk about this. None of this exists when it comes to pet insurance. It truly is up to your veterinarian and you as the client as to what happens medically for your pet. The insurance company has nothing to do with those decisions.
1: Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent correct. So our coverage is solely based on your pet's medical records and the doctor's recommendations. So even if your you know your pet suffers from diabetes, right? And they want to run a blood sugar test and six weeks later the doctor recommends another blood sugar test right both of those could still be eligible for coverage because that veterinarian is deeming it medically necessary
0: so unlike our own human i want to make a point of this because i think it's really important because people are so accustomed to decisions medical decisions being made by insurance companies not by medical professionals. In this instance when it comes to our pets, it's kind of the way it should be in my opinion. The medical experts with you participating as a pet parent make the decision about what is right or wrong to do. Period. End of story, correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. We our coverage is solely based on the medical records and doctor's notes. And, you know, you also bring up a good point, right? There's a lot of people out there who assume pet insurance is just like health insurance, right? And another big difference is, you know, you don't go, when you have pet insurance, you don't have an insurance card that you can just show to the vet and pay a copay, right? Pet insurance works on a reimbursement model. So you actually pay that vet up front and then submit that paid itemized invoice with those medical records as a claim for reimbursement so not only is it that we also we always follow the medical expert's recommendations but we also work on a reimbursement basis and those are probably the two biggest differences between our human health insurance and pet insurance
0: and those are very positive differences but actually i have a third for you if the veterinarian says you know what i can't handle those teeth they look that bad or you need or your pet needs not you your pet needs uh, fill in the blank, for a dental, a veterinary dentist, that's a specialty, by the way, in veterinary uh, medicine, Or, or I can't do that knee surgery for whatever reason, you really need to see an orthopedist to do that. Again, a veterinary specialist, in this case, in internal medicine, the specialist, if there is one recommended or needed, again, it's not approved by the insurance company, it is taken care of by the insurance company based on veterinary recommendation. Am I correct?
1: You are correct. So if you go in, and obviously we hope this, that this never happens, but the most common one I see is your pet gets diagnosed with cancer, and the veterinarian recommends an oncologist, a specialist that you have to go see, that oncologist can be covered under our policy, as well as any diagnostics, medications, testing, that that's oncologist that cancer specialist recommends because again it goes back to our coverage is solely based off of what those doctors those doctors recommendations are and what's deemed medically necessary by that specialist
0: you know for cancer is that a separate rider cancer is so common
1: yeah cancer is so common cancer is just covered under our base policy and so i was just saying you know with that's probably one of the more most common ones that i see are recommended to a specialist is cancer like but also like you said, I mean, if your dog needs a crown or a root canal and they need to see, you mm-hmm. know, a veterinarian that specials in dental care, all of those specialist, you know, visits and those treatments and diagnostics that they recommend can be covered under our policy.
0: And what I love is I first of all, FIGO covers cancer under their basic umbrella. That's incredible because not all pet insurance companies do. So congratulations for doing that. But what I love and I will tell you the story of how this happened is how you cover one specialty that I care a special amount about. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about that and much more when we come back right here on WGN. Jenna Carzoli is the customer experience supervisor at FIGO Pet Insurance, also a veterinary technician. I was at an event, I don't recall the event, it was at a veterinary meeting, we were all sitting around a table, and and there were some, uh, I don't remember the names of the pet insurance companies, but they wanted to hear what leaders, who, who could call me a leader, I don't know, but leaders in the industry had to say about pet insurance. I was sitting right next to a veterinary behaviorist, Lisa Radasta, and Lisa and I, Dr. Radasta, looked at one another. And we were both thinking the same thing. And I said, do you cover behavior? Because behavior is actually the number one reason. It is the number one reason why our dogs and cats die. Because people, if the cat misses the box too often. If the dog has separation anxiety and people all just throw up their hands, I don't know what to do about it. I've tried that and that and that. Well, the good news, by the way, is that for both of those issues and many more, there is something you can do, which may include seeing a veterinary behaviorist. And that is what I said to the leaders of the pet insurance folks that happened to be in the room at that time. And they all said, They didn't say it right there, but they all came back to us individually within two weeks or so afterwards. They came back to myself and Dr. Radasta, who, as I said, is a veterinary behaviorist herself, and I'm a certified animal behavior consultant, and said, you know, we are going to, from this point forward, cover behavior. Does FIGO Pet Insurance cover behavior consultations?
1: Yes, Steve, that's a great question. I think you really hit it out of the park with the fact that, you know, behavioral is one of those things that you know, very important in your pet's health. And at FIGO, we believe that your our pet's health goes beyond just their physical needs, right? And so our base policy does offer a very inclusive um, behavioral coverage, um, should you say. And so one of the things you brought up is separation anxiety. And so that's probably the most common one that I've seen over the last couple of years, especially with the pandemic. Everyone's been home with their pets all day, every day. And now people are starting to transition back to the office. And so the number one we're seeing are um, separation anxiety in dogs and cats whose pet parents are now heading back into the office. And so um, behavioral specialist visits by a licensed veterinarian, those consultations can be covered under our policy. Any sort of um, testing or medication deemed medically necessary to treat a behavioral could be covered under our policy. Any behavioral training deemed medically necessary and tools are also colored, covered under our policy. Wow. Um, now, you may say, Jenna, well, what are behavioral tools? And um, probably the most common example is like an adaptive diffuser. And for those of you that don't know, it's essentially just a plug in that the doctor can prescribe that you plug in an outlet at home. And it actually releases a pheromone into your house that actually helps relieve that separation anxiety in the pets that are staying in that home. Um, and so, Figo's behavioral coverage is very extensive and inclusive, um, which is something I love, and I think really sets us apart from from you know other insurance companies on the market.
0: I, of course, love that. That's music to my ears. Uh, and yeah. just <laughs> just to be clear, you said extensive, not expensive. Correct?
1: Correct. Extensive. You okay. are correct.
0: Yes. Yes. So, I I want to talk about economic euthanasia. Uh, we began the conversation mentioning that. Uh, it makes me so sad, though I comprehend, I understand, you know, that some people just simply, so here's an example. Your 16-year-old dog is diagnosed with something, you know, it, do, it doesn't matter what it is, just something, and that something is going to cost you $5,000, but it's 5000 that you don't have. And, and here's the other note, you know, uh, people complain that veterinary medicine has gotten too expensive, and I understand what you're saying. For the same exact, so let me be more specific, so let's say it's a cancer, and for the same exact cancer treatment, so let's say that $5,000 might be about right for a surgery, for some drugs. Uh, and and treatment afterwards, maybe chemotherapy, five six thousand dollars. That might be the range for a, a dog. For humans mm-hmm. with the same kind of cancer, with the same kind of medical training involved and identical medication, the uh, the cost could be certainly at six figures, and it could be three hundred thousand. It could be eight hundred thousand dollars because surgery itself in a hospital can be three hundred thousand dollars or much more than that. So. I would argue veterinary medicine is a bargain. But if you don't have that $5,000, you just don't have it. And there are millions of people who love their animals in America who just don't have it. And I think that's where pet insurance can fill an important void.
1: Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. You know, kind of going back to that, you know, we believe that no pet parent should ever have to choose between the life and health of their pet and their financial well-being, you know, working as a veterinarian technician for so many years, you know, is kind of what drove me to join pet insurance because I did see those emergencies that come up unexpectedly that these pet parents didn't plan for, right? Because it can be really hard when you adopt an 8 week old puppy or an 8 week old kitten. It's hard to visualize what's going to happen when they're four or five or 8 and 10, right? However, the best time to pull out a pet insurance policy is when they're younger, so that there are no pre-existing conditions. So if things like cancer or behavioral things come up in the future, those are covered under our policy. And so that's that's what I like to stress enough, is that you never want to be put in that position where you're choosing between, you know, uh, that $5,000 bill, like you said, and that you're stuck, you know, with pet insurance, that decision is made easy for you, right? There is no question as to whether or not you're going to go through with that $5,000 vet bill because you know you have a pet insurance policy that's going to be there to help you.
0: Here's the confusing thing, though. I agree with everything you just said, by the way, very articulately said. Uh, it Now there are uh, – it was so much easier when I first started talking about this because there were like two insurance companies. You pick that one mm-hmm. or that one, you know, for pets. Now there's like 16 or 18 of them, and it is kind of confusing uh, what's, as to what's out there. Can you give any tips to pet parents to help people make a choice as to what pet, uh, what is, what pet insurance provider might be best for them?
1: Yes, yeah, Steve, you know, I think you make a really great point. You know, there are multiple pet insurance companies on the market now, and each one differs greatly. And so, all I can do <clears throat> is urge pet parents to go on their website to do the research, to read the FAQs. There's, um, I believe, it's pet Insurance, like, reviewscom and they have a breakdown of you know five or ten companies, including yes. us, and what they cover, and those advantages and disadvantages, um, and really reaching out and finding out what's important for your pet. Right? Is your main, you know, if your main goal is to plan for those unexpected accidents, illnesses and injuries, then, you know, reaching out to their customer experience team. You know, our customer experience team here at BIGO is happy and ready to answer questions always. We wanna make sure that we are giving all the information to you so that you can make the best decision for you and your pet and feel comfortable doing so. And so I think the biggest takeaway is just making sure that you're really asking those questions um, and reaching out to those separate companies, because each one is truly different.
0: Well, if if the customer experience people are like you, yes, they are happy, happy, happy. Jenna Carzoli, veterinary technician, customer experience supervisor at FIGO, F-I-G-O, Pet Insurance. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Thanks, Steve. You have a wonderful rest of your day.
0: Alluding to the conversation we just had, according to the North American Pet Insurance Association, otherwise called NAFIA, well, pet insurance has existed elsewhere since the early 1900s, believe it or not, like in Europe, places like that. Lassie, I do mean the real Lassie or one of the real Lassies, received the first pet insurance policy Issued in the United States. That's one of those trivia questions. Who was the first dog insured by pet insurance? Well, it was Lassie. Today, the pet insurance marketplace in North America is comprised of about 25 companies, several of whom also market or underwrite multiple white label or co-branded products, representing at least 20 additional pet insurance product brands. NAFIA State of the Industry 2022 data participants represent about 99% of the policies in effect in the U.S. and Canada, and pet insurance is on the rise. The most recent report shows that close to 4.41 million pets were insured in North America at the end of 2021, and that pet health insurance marketplace increased 27.7% over the past year, in 2021 marked the seventh consecutive year where the pet insurance industry experienced double-digit growth, and it really zoomed up during the pandemic. while pet insurance penetration rates have increased to approximately two and a half percent in the U.S and three percent in Canada, still only a small portion of the potential market has purchased pet insurance. So there is a huge opportunity still for the pet insurance companies. We'll talk to you next week, bright and early, right here on WGN.